0: Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James, and I am joined uh as I am joined by every week, uh, every time we do this uh, particular show, Nick cirrus uh, my co-host, my friend. Nick, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you, James. Glad to be here. And uh I'm glad you're back <laughs> even though uh as you know, of course I cough the first second in the show, but no, it's right, go good, ahead. That's good stuff. Go. So
0: so let's talk about yeah. that because I think we, we, we didn't have a show On uh, the 15th of, of this month And so I apologize to everyone But I wasn't going to do a show about Cuba Without Nick This didn't make sense And yeah, that, uh, that was going to be the next show But you actually I mean we're going to talk about you being down At the uh, Habanos SA Festival uh, But you got yep. You got the Kami Corona
1: Well I like I tell people I came back from Cuba with more than just Cigars Um, I got for the first time, I thought I was going to evade it forever, but, you know, the COVID gets everybody at some point or another. And, um, I literally got it in Cuba. So I came back with more than cigars. I came back with COVID. Now I didn't think I had COVID. Uh, I just thought I was really run down because I mean, I love going to Cuba. My two favorite times to go to Cuba. Are one during the Habanos Festival, and the which is always the last week of February, and then November they do the Partagas gathering, and that's a great time too. Um, my reason for loving to go those two weeks, James, is not because of all the great cigars and everything else that uh, that Cuba offers, but it's the people, and not only the Cuban people, but over the last fifteen plus years. I've made a lot of friends all over the world um, that are cigar smokers, uh, that are become my uh distributors internationally, different countries, friends. Um, they're quite frankly like my family, and I look forward to seeing them once a year, twice a year, and sure. that's what it's all about. And um, so of course, you know, you do all the obligatory events because during the Habanos Festival, I'm doing official events, I'm doing um journalistic things. And then I'm also hanging out with all my friends. And, um, you know, you're running and gunning from morning to night, uh, late nights, up early the next day. So after the first day, I was like, Oof, I'm really running ragged. So the second day I was like, yeah, you know, you're talking about going to bed at five in the morning and then getting up at seven. So when I started feeling really weak, I just thought, you know, I'm just not 20 anymore and this shit's catching up to me. Right. But by midweek, I realized something was going on. And then by the end of the uh, the event on Friday, which is the gala night, I was just I should have stayed in bed. But of course, I couldn't. I had to go to the gala. Right. And um You know that was uh, my demise. I mean, I think you know I was weak. You know my resources were down, and I was susceptible to uh, you know to the coronavirus. Mind you, now there was over two thousand attendees uh, from all over the world. So I don't know who gave it to me, but one of those two thousand people for sure gave it to
0: me. Uh, I like to call it the commie corona. Uh, When you pick it up in Cuba, that's what it's called. Uh, but well, you, sur- yeah. you survived, you came out I the did. other side, you are back. You are better than ever. Uh, we're very happy yeah. that you did. Cause I don't know what I'd do if you, uh, if you well, were like, I couldn't talk anymore. I lost my voice permanently to the Rona.
1: Well, my biggest fear of course was, uh, losing my sense of smell and, and taste. That was what was freaking me out. You know, like I came back, I was supposed to actually stay in Florida for like four days after the, uh, the festival, But literally at the airport, I changed my ticket, came straight home, was in bed that night by midnight. And again, I didn't realize I had COVID. The next day I woke up and I was feeling even shittier. Mm. And then after two days of that, I'm like, whoa. So I did the test. And sure enough, uh, I was COVID positive. So uh, thankfully, I didn't uh, infect anybody in my family. And uh, I was quarantined. And a week later, it was just nonstop coughing. And, of course, I have this lingering cough three weeks later. But that's that's the only thing. that's On uh, cue. On cue. Oh, well, believe me, I fight it the whole time. (laughs) I could hit the cough button, but, you know, I thought it was No, that was uh, good. No, it was good.
0: Apropos. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) All right. So so I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're feeling better. We've got a ton to talk about with Cuba, right? Because there was a a lot of stuff that went on there. And we also want to find out. Is Cuba back to normal yet? Like, and what does normal look like? Is it ever going to get hmm. back to normal? Can you do, uh, uh, you know, your uh, your your trips there? Uh, but before we do, like this is this is where an ad would go if we did ads, okay. like okay. a thirty second reading. But we didn't. We don't have oh. ads. So right. instead, what I'll talk, what I'll talk about uh, very quickly is I was going to smoke a, a a cohiba tonight because I thought that would have been apropos, right? Nick smoke. Mm. Sure.
1: On a, In, on a Cuban show, right? Yeah, on
0: a Cuba show, you would think smoke a Cuba, but instead right. I got a special delivery today. Very oh. special delivery. Uh, and I'm going to uh, show the camera here. This is the, uh, Nikos. I don't know if that's actually. Yeah, yeah, you can see it. Yeah. You can see it. Nikos, uh, right there. LH cigars. This is the new one, uh, from, uh, Mr. Sears. So why don't you tell us a little bit? I look, I'm not, I do I'm not telling you to shill for for your company, but tell us a little bit about this cigar while I light it because uh, I have been looking forward to this for a minute.
1: All right, I try to keep this separate. I, you know, I don't like to shill on the show as I'm the co-host, but since I'm the co-host and the um, person talking about Cuba, you know, everything for me started out of Cuba. My brand. Literally started for me going to Cuba, um, learning how to blend in Cuba and everything else. So the Nikos, which you're smoking, is my latest offering, um, part of the Nick line. And the Nick line was designed really for the U.S. market because my LH line, um, which I I call the Bridge line, you know, the bridge from old school to new school to the new world, um, is about people that have Cuban palates that want to smoke something that's non-cuban and today more than ever uh it, it's done uh, my business says uh knock on wood been doing very well internationally because not only myself but everybody because and we're going to get right into it uh cuba and their prices mm. has made it where people are just looking for alternatives to a habano um and there's many reasons for that but the main reason is the pricing and and we'll talk about that and we'll get into it but Well, let me give some stats. Um, What Cuba stated, you know, going the first day to the the press conference, that in 2022, uh, they had the sales of $545 million, uh, 2% more than the previous years. Now, where they sell it, they have 4,769 specialized points of sale. They have Cohiba Atmosphere, 17 of those. They have uh, Casa de Habanos. They have all these points and specialists. So there's a ton of spots where you can get them officially around the world. Everywhere, but as you know, not in the U.S. Um, for the Habanos Festival, it's a big thing for, for Cuba. And it's a big thing for Habanos because it brings people to the island. And more importantly, it brings money to the island. And this year, um, it, it didn't. Uh, it definitely brought a lot. I mean, the auction this year. Uh, broke every record and then some. I mean, where they used to get, you know, the the, the, the biggest uh, humidor that they would auction be a million dollars this year. Every humidor was like $4 million. And we'll get into it because there's a lot to talk about. But anyway, 2,000 attendees showed up from 110 different countries. Um, they have an actual trade fair there. And then they had 250 uh, different exhibitors um, from about 10 different countries countries like Italy, Hungary, Spain, Panama, Mexico, a um, bunch of different countries. And of course, there were Cuban exhibitors as well. There were like 70 stands. Uh, so it's a small show, a trade show, but uh, that's just kind of something that's that occurs during the daytime and w- between all the meetings and the uh, the press conferences and the pairings and everything else that goes on. But what I want to do is I want to break down the costs because costs are constantly rising. And everybody knows, if everybody knows the Habanos Festival, this is the 23rd annual Festival del Habano. And the prices have increased uh, every year. It's been crazy. But the last couple of years, we used to bitch when the gala was a $500 ticket. And you're going, what? $500 for one dinner? Uh, Yeah. Uh, And I'll talk about what you get for that $500. But this year, that uh, gala event was twelve hundred and fifty dollars. So let and me let's I
0: just I, I just want to make sure that I understand you correctly. So before this would have been pre pandemic because that's the last time they had one of these was what? Twenty nineteen. Right. So we're looking at twenty twenty. Twenty twenty was the last one. So like right. As right the,
1: pandemic, the beginning. Pandemic, of yeah.
0: Right. As it was ramping up. Yeah. So so it's been two years since they've had one and two oh, right. two years ago it was
1: $500 no it was actually $700 two years ago so 700 the gallon right
0: so the gallon and this year it was $1200
1: for the gallon
0: 1250 1250
1: 50 all right so it's an
0: increase of $500 $1250 oh, well no no what, what it was 1200 right
1: oh yeah okay i'm sorry yeah five i was going yeah you're right yeah 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 so $500 right. okay right yeah, yeah.
0: But th- is that just for the gala for the twelve fifty?
1: That's just for the one evening the gala event. Now, since we're already <laughs> talking about the gala, I'll tell you Jesus. what you get at the gala. Um for this podcast, uh, I actually am wearing what they gave. Part of the gala, the, the event for the, the gala was um you got in a little you got a bag and you get a little coffin box with a couple cigars, and then during each course. Uh, you got another seven cigars handed during the evening and in your bag, you get a little ashtray. You get a oops. Oh, let me see. <laughs> uh, there, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So you get this. I can't even show no, anyway. It's, it's right. uh, anyway, you get you get a cutter. You get a DuPont lighter. You get a cutter. Um, so and those a bunch are ST of,
0: DuPont. Those are ST DuPont. Yeah, yeah, like, so it's not, yeah, this is like cheap. It's not cheap shit.
1: No, no. But Okay, so this has a retail value of three hundred and fifty dollars. The lighter has a value of about two hundred fifty dollars. There's a value to the uh, ashtray, and of course, the cigars that probably won't be released for a good two years. So it's um, worth
0: the twelve fifty just in that, not even including dinner, dinner,
1: dinner and your... cigars. No, you get you're you're getting something, and that's yeah. why people people go. You know, every year you get some type of memento. Like I love the 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 cohiba anniversary the 50th anniversary they gave us a nice framed picture of all the bands on there which i still have and um and these things are collectibles and people are selling this stuff on ebay and wherever and they're getting their money back so if you're looking at it as a value that way if you're going to sell your stuff well great. i i, not I, so I much. don't yeah well, i don't either
0: right I, I i don't look at it as a value as as I, I can get my money back i look at it as a value as Of what did I get for my money, right? Beyond just the experience, which probably would pay for itself, because especially if it was my first time, Uh, Mm -hmm. beyond just that experience, but what did I get? How many cigars did I get? How much swag did I get? And I'll be honest for $1,250 bucks, if I'm getting a $250, $300 lighter and a $250, $300 cutter from ST DuPont, Mm. you know, plus the dinner, plus the cigars, plus the swag you're wearing. Like I feel like right. that's probably I I I can justify that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it's seven hundred dollars. It's a bargain at that point if you look at it that way. But you know they've raised the prices not by a little. It used to be five hundred, then they made it seven hundred. Okay, but now they've gone from seven hundred to twelve fifty. And that's not the only cost. The whole week, let's go over the prices on the whole week. Yeah,
0: because that's just one day, right? That's just one dinner. It doesn't even include the day. It's just the dinner, the gala, right? Just the
1: dinner. Just the gala dinner. (laughs) That's right. So the first night, they call it the welcome evening uh, event. And it's basically not even a sit down. It's um, a buffet style thing. You know, it's a walk around and mingle and talk to people. and It's great. And you know what? They they really pull out all the stops. I mean, the one thing maybe from the United States, you're used to seeing these amazing drone shows. Well, let me tell you something. They had, I don't know, 70 of these drones in the sky uh, synch- in synchronicity where they're doing light shows and moving around. And it's quite the spectacle. I mean, it's very nice. This year, what made it even more of a pain in the butt, um, for the attendees was that the president of Habana of uh, Habana he's there every year. The president of Cuba, uh, decided to make an appearance, not El only at the gala
0: president
1: Presidente. So not only was he at the gala, but he was there pretty much every event. He walked around the festival floor, you know, the trade for, um, was so, this daily? Yeah, yeah. He was there every day. He was there three, four days out of the, out of the week. Yeah. So the gallon, you know, the initial night he was on the trade floor, Um, people were taking pictures. He was quite uh, accessible, I guess. But the amount of official police and military that were wandering around and the security was so tight. I was like, what's going on? Because they never announced it. And uh, we realized very early on. And then you're like, "Okay, I get it. I see. So so the first night was the, uh, the welcome dinner. And you walk around and uh, it's, you know, they have dancing and they have, uh, it's a really nice show. Um, I don't go for the show. I go, again, for the camaraderie among my cigar smokers uh, worldwide that I get to see, as I mentioned. But it's a a nice time. Um, This year, and I'll get into why I think they could improve in a different way and i'll get into it in a second because i don't want to jump into it because i want to because i'm so aggravated about certain things and i will definitely address it um because it needs to be addressed um sure. but it all goes it all goes into play with the pricing the pricing of cigars now i have to say um normally you don't find a cigar anywhere in the you know 11 de de Habanos in in havana and around the island there's usually nothing around especially when it comes to uh, Cohiba and Trinidad, which had the triple increase in price. And they had another price increase. Uh, my barometer, because my favorite Cuban cigar happens to be the uh, Cohiba uh, Siglo 6. I like the size. It's called the Cañonazo. Um, It's a 52 by 6. And um, pre pandemic, you could buy a box of that in Cuba at a Casa and they were pretty readily available for about $515.
0: Not terrible.
1: Um no, they um they were, you know, they would go up every year maybe 5% or so. Um but it was around $500. Now, when I was there in September for the 55th anniversary of Cohiba and that was after the big price increase where they announced, you know, the triple uh triple increase, you know, it's so it went from $515 to seventeen hundred dollars for that same box, and that's in Cuba, which that's is ridiculous. probably the cheapest you'll be able to buy it anywhere in the world. So the reason for this, if people aren't aware, what they did is they decided that the Asia prices, the you know the prices that they sell the uh, Habanos uh, products, um, were always higher. It was always a higher retail. So this year they decided to make the de facto standard pricing across the world would be what the pricing was in Asia. So a box of Siglo Six in Cuba was seventeen hundred, but in Asia probably three thousand plus 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 plus. And again, if you could get it now, right. why did this happen? There's a lot of reasons. Um, I did an interview with the uh, marketing. Folks in September, and they gave their uh, you know their cookie cutter.
0: Uh, it was a explanation
1: cutter, very
0: corporate. Like it's always like it was funny for me to to listen to them give their corporate answer from a fucking communist country. Like you're well, giving, like they're giving like they're very. It's all a business now. It's all capital. Like even even China, uh, the Chai Coms as Rush used to call them. They they're a capitalist communist country or communist capitalist whatever you want to say. Right. Cuba is no different because they're taking their cues from China, so it's a very corporate uh, structure. It's very and it's very corporate minded. As the Habanos essay especially,
1: and the reason, the main reason for that. Let's not forget the fifty percent owner. Habanos has been a co op that was formed in nineteen ninety four um and it was always altitus owned 50% yep and cuba or tobacco uh, you know the
0: uh macosta del no the no uh, no no yeah the uh i know what you're talking about the, why can the i not think of the name
1: the um you're going to make me google it tabacuba it's called tabacuba there you go so basically the tobacco producing country um own the other half. Or the, the the Cuban government, let's just call a spade a spade. They yeah. own the other the other half. So, and that was designed to help them financially be able to do what they needed. Altidus wanted product, they formed this co-op and it worked. Um, so not too long ago, a couple of years ago, um, it's no secret that some type of uh buying entity that we still don't know technically. Who the official owners are? They say it's a group. It's a bind. Buy- I think it's the Chinese government itself or representatives thereof that purchased the other half from Altidus when Altidus decided to sell not only their Habano stake, their fifty percent Habano stake, yeah. but all their factories in the Dominican and Nicaragua, um, all their uh, stores all over the U.S., um, the Casa de Monte Cristos, and um, you know for a 1.2 billion, I think was the purchase price. So when that happened, you know, now the 50% partner is literally China. And it's no secret. And it's no secret if you're there that they are catering to this market. What they did, I thought was kind of interesting in the way that they did it. Look, they want product. That's why they bought it. And they want more product in Asia, even though they claim that uh, certain other countries are still. Um, buying more than Asia, I I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I think by far, uh, China and the Asia market is is what's buying the majority of this uh, product. Um, And what's happening, I think, is all these other distributors, and they basically said, look, from now on, this is the price. And there was some pushback from a lot of distributors. I talked to a lot of different distributors there, and uh, not everybody was really happy. One, because the availability, And two, the pricing. So for their local markets in certain countries, you know, look, you have to be fairly affluent to be smoking a hundred dollar plus cigar. And that's basically what it comes down to. Every cigar that Habanos makes right now, uh, if you try to find it, it's going to be a hundred bucks, up to three hundred dollars a stick. So why is that? Because they can. So and they were like, look, Mr. Distributor, if you can't sell it, you have our blessing to sell it to the Asian market. So nobody's getting stuck with product um, and they're not complaining about that fact. So it's all going to Asia at this yeah. crazy, crazy increased price. So yes, there's a lot of catering going on to the Chinese market for well,
0: sure. Uh, I, I want to I ask, and, and this just seems like a, a great time to ask because we're talking about the price increase. We're talking about how uh, outrageous it is because it, it truly is outrageous. No matter if you're in Europe, uh, or the United States if you're outside of China uh outside of uh of the the far east it is outrageously prohibitively expensive to purchase uh Cuban cigars right now and is that going to get even worse or is it going to be made worse by the uh there was a, they announced that it's going to be the lowest yield crop in uh Cuba's history uh for for uh you know premium hand-rolled cigar tobacco. Is that is that accurate?
1: Yeah, very accurate. I mean, uh, let's not forget, they had a little bit of a storm that happened uh, not too long ago, which pushed off uh, the plantation of the tobacco, uh, the planting of the tobacco, by like eight or nine weeks for one. Uh, two, uh, all the curing barns and all the physical structures were decimated. There was nothing yeah. there. So they went to, you know, replanting, um but yes, yeah, so, so the yield is less, which doesn't help. Um, but so is that gonna
0: make it is that gonna make the price skyrocket even more from where it is now?
1: Um, I don't think it's gonna go down anytime soon. <laughs> Only the market, listen, people sell <laughs> companies, corporations, what the market will bear. bear yeah. so if you have X amount of product and you're already commanding this price, they're only going to increase well, prices. Let's as be it goes realistic forward.
0: about that, because you've said that a couple times now. You said, you know, they price it for what the market can bear. Well, the Asian market. The Asian market. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's not the market I, no. as, in a, as in a global look, market. It is just it, the Asian
1: market. Well, it's look. If you have X amount of products and you have to sell, you're going to get as much as you can. Yeah. Now, I think is it short sighted in the long term in my in my personal opinion yes i think in the long term this is not going to be good for habanos they don't see it this way they're selling everything they have at a premium sure. so if you're getting triple what you normally got and you only have x amount to sell anyway you're making more profit so you know it, it is what it is i mean they're look, paying for it.
0: well and that's so here's my thought process and you can tell me how out of bounds i am but like so if they're selling predominantly in to the asian market they're going to flood that market with product
1: well flood is not the right word because well yeah but you know what i mean there's 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 nothing to flood they they're they are grabbing at anything they can get their hands on they have there's always there's
0: but to me that sounds like they're in the death throes then of of as a market as a, The Cuban cigar market is in its death throes. If they're literally grasping for anything and saying, look, we're going to make a ton of money in the short term selling to Asia instead of selling everywhere else, then that's what we're going to do. Because I agree with you. I don't think that it's sustainable long term because all of your customers that you had, they, and they literally had a stranglehold for the most part on everywhere else, right? You go to Europe, people were oh, you're smoking a Cuban. If you're not smoking a Cuban up until a few years ago, well, you're not smoking a real cigar right now. That's right. And now it's, oh, there's new world cigars and there's old world cigars. So now you don't have any in Europe or very few.
1: Very little. And the ones you do have, it's at a very high price. Yes. Right.
0: So everyone's going to start smoking new world cigars. It's going to change their palates. They're going to, it's going to grow their palates. And sure, if they become available again, they'll go back to them. But I don't think it'll be in the same uh, uh, numbers as it was before. So it's not sustainable long term because they're going to lose a customer base. Right. And so when they go back to that customer base, there's no goodwill there. They're all already smoking New World cigars. They found their new favorites. Why would they go back to somebody who burned them?
1: Well, I have to agree somewhat with that statement. (laughs) The rest of the world started opening their eyes a little bit going back to about 2016, 2017, when Obama made the original changes where Americans were allowed to travel to Cuba under one of the 12 different categories and visit Cuba. And there was a little bit more going on. We opened our embassy and I can guarantee you talk to any retailer in the United States Everybody got a call. Hey, can I buy Cuban cigars? Because everybody believed that Cuban cigars were available in the U.S. And the embargo is still full in effect and never, never faltered. The difference was you could go to Cuba and buy Cuban cigars and Cuban rum and Cuban products and legally bring them back into the country.
0: Yeah.
1: Then they added the fact that you could legally buy them in other countries and bring them back to the country because that took another year or so. So there was a lot of Cuban cigars coming into the U.S. market. And I still believe prior to the Asian market happening, um, a lot of the Cuban cigars end up in the U.S. because the collectors and the people that smoke Cuban cigars, Americans that smoke Cuban cigars, were buying them. They were buying them from Switzerland, from Australia, from England, from wherever. Um, So they were buying them anyway. Um, the Asian market thing is what, you know, when they all of a sudden opened their eyes and they started smoking because they didn't. And all of a sudden they got interested in it. They ended up buying half the company, tripling the price. And yes. So the price it's been good for anybody that's a non-Cuban cigar. Um, You know, there's a lot of big players uh, and some of the best producers of tobacco uh, like the Placencias and the Fuentes and, and the Padrones who had a very small uh, part of the worldwide um, cigar trade, you know, 90% of what they sold was in the U S and now they've blown up uh, companies like my, my company and other companies uh, all of a sudden people are looking and it's not just the retailers Uh, what they don't realize. And I've talked again, I'm not going to mention particulars, but there are distributors that either started other companies because you know habanos you have a contract you can't sell anything except habanos but they start other companies or they they start importing other cigars to supply to their customers when you yeah. have no cigars to offer them and you can offer them a product now initially people first there was like well we better start smoking these non cubans these fake cigars because the americans are going to buy every damn cuban cigar there is and we're not going to be able to get anything anyway so they started Exploring that avenue, and now it's a necessity since there is no Cuban cigars. Not, you know, very small percentage. Um, they started buying more and more, so there's a lot more New World cigars being smoked and uh, all over the world, where predominantly before the U.S. market was it. So yeah. now it's really changed. So that is what's happened. With uh, with this price increase, it's been a good thing for the non-Cuban for brands, the non-Cuban.
0: But but again, I, I guess my my question is is do you believe that uh, Habanos SA or Cuban cigars as we know it? Because right. essentially that's what it is. Habanos SA goes away, and it, it'll become a free for all, uh, and it'll be the death of Cuban cigars as we know it. Are they in their death throes? Is this it? Is this in ten years? It's all going to look so much different you may never be able to uh have cuban cigars like we like we did before
1: no i believe they're still going to be very prevalent in the market um people that like cuban cigars still like it and there's that mystique with the u.s market because it's always been the forbidden fruit people still want to buy it i know americans in general want what they can't have so the more something becomes unavailable And sometimes the pricing, if you can afford it, I mentioned, you know, the burka bag uh, syndrome. What makes what makes a pocketbook worth twenty thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars? But yet people line up and wait years and years to buy these ridiculously overpriced cigars because it's a me too thing. The women are away. Hey, look what I have. Same thing with. Oh, look at my Cohiba band. Look at my, you know, whatever Cuban cigar. So there's more of that happening. Now, there's a lot more fakes out there, too, because of that, of course. Yeah.
0: Just don't look over here. I'm not that guy. Don't just don't look at that humidor. I'm not that guy. No, I mean, listen. everybody is right. Especially when you first get into the hobby. Every one of these in this humidor was purchased a minimum four years ago. Right. Right. So four or five years ago. And since then, I've been slowly smoking through them. Uh, but I, if I'm being hundred percent honest, like I, and I think I've said this on the show before, the only box of Cuban cigars that I really want anymore is a box of Sir Winston's. I could care less about the rest of them. I think Cohiba is just, it's overpriced for what it is. It's overpriced, overhyped. I like Cohiba. I think it's a great cigar, but I don't think it's worth a hundred dollars, 200, $300 a, a cigar. Right. Uh, and when the, when the Bihike were what, 150 a cigar, I was like, I have no desire for that. The talisman, uh, 125 or 110. I have no desire for that. I certainly don't know that it's triple that amount. Great cigars, yeah. great cigars, not worth the Look, I smoke up when when I first came down and had this, this studio and lounge built the first cigar, one of the first cigars I smoked was a, uh, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Unicorn $100 cigar. Good cigar. Not worth a $100. There I, to me there's no cigar that's worth
1: $100. But now there's cigars by non-Cuban brands that have done well. Yeah. Riding on this wave of prices going crazy, including a lot of the let's call normal USA brands that now they're they're coming out with offerings that are
0: well, let's talk about that real quick, because I think I, you, you kind of hit on something there. And, and look, every year we see this, uh, those of us in the industry, uh, and I say that almost jokingly that I'm in the industry. I'm like industry adjacent. I'm, just, I'm not even that. I'm just kind of like an ass clown that kind of covers the all industry. Right, all, right, all right, all right, Stop it's, something. Right. It's uh. <laughs> it's, uh Every year, we see these price increases: five percent, ten percent, fifteen percent. In some cases,
1: but they're real. They're real, though. I have to say, as as a manufacturer myself, that was my I question because
0: you're on the inside. You are our inside man in the industry. Like some of them, I 100 believe are real, like five percent and even ten percent. I go that makes sense. But when a manufacturer comes out and says twenty percent, that's kind of well, what I, I scratch my yeah, head and go, eh.
1: they're, yeah, they're taking advantage. Um, I just had my first real increase that's going to hit April 1st, and I fought it for the last year, but the cost of tobacco has gone up. Um, So, you know, a 5% increase if a retailer or a consumer uh, doesn't understand, look what inflation has done in this last, you know, so it's in line. Now, going up 20%, 50%, you know, some brands are coming out with ridiculously expensive special cigars. Yeah. Hey, if they can sell them, more power to them. I'm not knocking them. If there's somebody willing to pay for it, why not? The point sure. is, I've always looked at it as, you know, you know, you try to... I, I believe I, in the smoking of, of it and and the affordability, you know. Uh,
0: right. It, it, it's, it, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum. It is the great equalizer, right? Every If everybody had access to a cigar and everybody smoked cigars... I honestly think the world would be a better place. Probably be less fighting. Like, let's just sit down, hash it out over a cigar, and it'd be great, right? Uh, but, I, yeah, I, I have a, I have a hard time swallowing anything more than 10% as being a real thing. And I don't begrudge manufacturers coming out with new stuff at all. I think that keeps the industry fresh, right? But when you come out with something and you're going to charge $100 for it, and I'm not picking on Saka here, and just to make sure that everyone knows I'm not picking on Steve, like uh, the the Davidoff Royal Salomon, $100 cigar, not worth it. It's a good cigar, but is it worth $100? To me, there's not a cigar that's worth $100. There's not a cigar that's, that's definitely not
1: worth 300 Not to you, but there are too many that's And just the it. same thing with the Habano stuff. Maybe not to you, maybe not to me, knowing what it used to cost. All of a sudden, now it's tripled. There are still people buying. Right now, it's the Asian market.
0: But as a manufacturer, let's <clears throat> say you thought, let's just say for whatever reason, you thought the market would bear a 300% price increase. Would you do it just because you could?
1: Look, it's a business like anything else, but... Having said that, <laughs> I I went into this industry and this business. Look, I'm there to make money, obviously. Oh, sure. We're all here to make a living and put food on the table. Sure. But I do believe I've always kept my prices right in line. Say what you will about my line, whether you like it or don't like it. But nobody's really bitched about my prices. They're no. all right in line, right in the sweet spot. And most manufacturers are doing the same. They put their usual margin in there and they sell it. Um being able to sell something at three hundred, I personally wouldn't do it. Um, but you know, who's to say?
0: I don't know. Nick. You know? if I if I if I manufactured cigars, I would probably be like, you know what, screw it, three hundred percent. Let's see what happens. Let's go for it.
1: And, and a lot of people have. I'm not saying it's it's some. I'm not putting it down. You know what I mean? I've, but you know, my business plan has been just trying to grow the market, and I've been uh, I've been riding that wave like a lot of these other manufacturers overseas where i'm getting more and more popular and i'm making more and more uh distributors and adding countries and it, it's been great for business uh us market you know it, it it becomes the grind becomes real you know um overseas they're doing the sales they they they're coming to you so listen uh you know i'm doing what i what i can and i and i love people i want people to smoke my cigars I want people to enjoy cigars in general, because, yeah. as we said, the great equalizer, there is something very magical about cigars. And I think people that don't smoke cigars are missing something. I'm not saying they have to smoke every day, but no, I agree. the whole ritual, everything about it. I just I could do a show just on that. And um, hopefully we get new smokers. You know, um, yeah, no one's going to tell gonna be- you that.
0: They're not going to be smoking Cubans anytime soon. So let's let us let us not
1: anytime soon. Let's get back to let's get back to Cuba. So let
0: me ask you this: How many days is the festival in all?
1: Because you talked about the gala. Okay, it starts off. uh, I arrived there on a Sunday. They had a nice little official, um, more for the press, where they had a cigar they gave and and some some matched rum, um, and that's a Sunday. But the actual events start Monday with the opening event. And that's priced at a reasonable $500. At this year's uh, opening event, they gave out the obligatory little bag. When you go there, you get this little bag. And inside, you get your Habanos branded cutter and lighter. And you also get a little box with a little coffin. And this year, it was the Monte Cristo Open Slam. You got two uh, little uh, cigars in there. There They're two different Vitolas. And that's what they released at the welcome dinner this year for $500. So okay. it was a nice hey everybody's here. They had a lot of entertainment, a beautiful aerial, you know, crazy. Uh, I thought it was great this drone show. Uh, I've seen them before, but imagine that in Cuba. For, for, I just thought it was very wow, very contradictory, you know, to a country that you know. Uh, anyway, so it was a beautiful event, uh, right? Done well. That was the first night. The okay. second, the second day, um, they have the plantation visits. So basically you sign up. That's a reasonable $150. <laughs> and that includes, you know, your bus ride. They take you to the plantations and they show you around. And it's sort. it's the same program every year.
0: So we're at $650. Yeah. dollars right. dollars Okay. So then what's so after the plantation, is there anything uh done at night? Do they have another dinner? Not on they...
1: Tuesday. Not on Tuesday. Um, it's the opening of the trade show. So you do the trade show after you come back. But they give nights off like Tuesday and Thursday because all the distributors from the different countries are also having their little, you know, celebratory annual parties. Um, and, and they have their their retailers that go there, their, their good customers that go there. And if you get invites, there's events on Tuesday night and Thursday nights. And I happened to go, I went to the the Mexican distributor party, which was, I was invited to that. It was a very, very nice event, sit down dinner, uh, a lot of different things. Um, But that's Tuesday. Now, Wednesday was um, a lot of events at the uh, festival itself. Um, You pay $450 and they call it the international seminar. And there, there was a lot of different events that you could attend. They teach you how to um, roll a cigar. They have the beginnings of the sommelier contest. There was a bunch of cool stuff um, that they did on that uh, Tuesday and, and then Wednesday. Now, Wednesday we're, up to, night, we're up to $1,100 Wednesday. right? So Wednesday night is what they call the intermediate evening. And that night used to be a sit down dinner. I used to enjoy that evening the most because it was less hoopla, so to speak. You know, there was a time to really uh, talk to other people. And because uh, the first night, you know, it's just basically a walk around and they got hors d'oeuvres. There's really nowhere to sit. Which is another thing that's a pet peeve of mine. They have these little, I don't even have little tables to sit. You're just basically getting your, 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 your meal and you got your bag and, I, you know, but, but anyway, you're used to that. Um, you're just saying hello to everybody. Wednesday night is the first sit down with people. If you haven't seen them at some of the other unofficial events that are being going on during the week, you sit down at the intermediate, immediate, um, dinner. Now, I got to talk about this. Now, at this one, <laughs> at this one, um, I really was very, very annoyed. Oh, wait, 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 wait.
0: It, so you're going to get into your grievances, right?
1: Just so, one major, one just, major. Grievance. Is this the major, major
0: grievance major. for the whole for the whole show?
1: This was my biggest grievance. It happened on the Wednesday evening. Okay. So there was no sit down dinner and there hasn't been for a couple of years. So it's not like that was any different. Um, it was more like the opening night. You walk around uh, different stations. You pick your food and you walk around. Okay, that's fine. But what they did this year, which surprised the hell out of me, and I really went up to the officials at Habanos, and I I didn't really agree with, what do you think of this? Okay, so you just spent, for this evening, was $700. You got your obligatory little box of uh, Wait, cigars. This, was, this
0: was $700 for Wednesday night. For the Wednesday night dinner,
1: yes, okay, that so was the to, Wednesday night.
0: So we're up to what eighteen hundred dollars for Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So um, you you did that, and here's what they did: there was an inside area that you know I I just happened to walk over. Most people weren't in there, and what they did is they had a table set up, and they allowed you with your invite, your little invitation the ability to buy two boxes of they, they released this new thicker Bolivar gold metal um, cigar box of 10. Um, it's going to be available exclusively at the uh, La Casa de Albano stores. Um, it, it's, it was a beautiful cigar. So you were able to buy two boxes and they offered it for $270 a box, which is a reasonable price. That's only $27 just, a stick. I now, that I would pay. Right. So here's where, in my opinion, this was done. So, And and I even said to him, this must have been done by design. So what you did is you waited in line. So instead of mingling and talking among your friends and enjoying the food and everything else, you stood in line with your ticket to be able to purchase your two cigars. Mind you, how many people are there and how long the line is. So people waited two to three hours in line to get their box. Now, I didn't understand. At first, I didn't even bother to stand in line. And I'll tell you why. As an American, the only way you could buy these so-called special cigars was with a credit card or with one of the Cuban uh, credit cards. Which you know, I'll get into that a little later. So basically, it was if you're American, American credit cards don't work there. They don't take cash, so you're kind of out of luck if you don't have a credit card, an international credit card, to be able to buy these these cigars. So, well, how would you the get other it back thing, to the country? Oh, that's the other thing. You know, yeah, <laughs> there, there's that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't gonna bring that up. I mean, you're taking your you're taking your chances bringing it back, but <laughs> right. the point of it is. You weren't even able to buy them. So I had a friend of mine, a Canadian friend of mine, he said, Nick, I'm going to, you know, I'll I'll wait in line. Um, I have no problem. And while I'm waiting, I'll I'll get you two, too. Give me your invite. So I did. And I kind of kept tabs on him. And so there was a lot of, you know, there's definitely Americans at this event. So he, he waited two and a half hours. And the moral of the story, the part that annoyed the hell out of me, is that they didn't have enough for everybody. If you're going to do something like this and say, okay, you're going to wait for two and a half to three hours in line, you should be able to buy your, or at least get a, an IOU or a voucher or something. No, when, they, when they're when they out, they're out. So people that waited two and a half hours, you're talking about a frenzy. You're talking about people f- fighting in line. And, the, and here's the part that really annoyed the hell out of me. There was one um, Asian looking gentleman in the front. He was a big guy. And I watched him and he was there for like 45 minutes. And I'm like, why is this guy staying there for 45 minutes in the front of the line? And it's not moving. What he was doing was all his friends were handing him their tickets. So he sat there for 45 minutes buying every here. You know, here's your credit card. There. Here, So he was acting like an agent for everybody that he had. Uh, 45 minutes he stood in line himself. So most of the Asians got their boxes. And then it it was just, I don't know. To me, it was tacky. And I said to the people at Habanos, I don't understand. Like, wouldn't it have been easier when you walk in, you have your invite. There's a little corner that you rip off. You give it, you get your little gift bag. Now, they could have said originally, oh, by the way, on top of the $700, if you paid $540 additional, you get these two boxes. And you can check this box, pay your extra money. And when you got your two bags, you got one bag with your cigars. Wouldn't it have been an easier way to do it and make sure everybody had a box? I think so. Unless it was planned to create this, oh, I got to have it. You know, the the Apple store wait in line from the night before. I mean, that's the feeling. It was just insanity of people waiting in line. So most people spent $700, didn't really enjoy the evening, except got the privilege of waiting two and a half hours in line. And some of those people, I don't know what percentage, but I know a lot of people that didn't get their box Uh, boxes after waiting for two, two and a half hours, uh, they were very disappointed. So to me, that was mm, not a good thing. Well, for those of
0: you keeping score at home, you're now up to
1: $2,340.
0: If you were going to get two boxes of this very special cigar, that's obviously super limited. So, and that's just through Wednesday. That's not including how much was the ticket? Did you say $1,200 for... For the,
1: for the the gala, gala. the gala
0: is 1250. So 1250. So now you're up to over three grand for to go to everything. This is not like I complain about the cost of festivals here in the U S and how much, but just based on how much you get for like, for example, the VIP uh, or the executive VIP at, at the Rocky mountain cigar fest, is 600 bucks and you literally get like over 60 cigars. You get a shit ton of swag. You get, like free, free drinks, uh, free non-alcoholic drinks. Uh, You get drink tickets. You get all kinds of stuff that go along with it. And I would bitch about that. Cause I'm like $600. This is ridiculous. You're already up for four days and I get it. It's four days, but you can go to cigar fest like the, the uh, uh, Charlotte cigar week for less than, than than five hundred bucks, I think it's and, and you, that's like five days, and you get a ton of stuff. This is this is ridiculous, and I'll be honest, it just seems like a money grab uh, on the part of Habanos, especially doing this 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 uh, what was it? It was a part I guess that they were selling for the reasonable no, it was twenty five which a I love farm. bullies. Bullies are great, like it's a, yeah. they're usually good cigars. So I would definitely want two boxes. It's five hundred and forty dollars. It just seems like it's a money grab.
1: I don't know why they decided who's. And I even said to the person, I said, "Don't tell me this was your brilliant idea." And they said, "No, it wasn't mine." I go, "Why?" I mean, there's so many better ways to do this. But are you the not only make one? It,
0: are you the only one complaining? Are you the only I don't one know. looking at? The, I, don't, just, I don't like because look, do they just be, look at you and go, "Ah, oh, this gringo," like this this yank? I don't. Like he doesn't I don't know. think
1: so. I, I'm sure I wasn't the only one complaining, but maybe the only one that. Complaint to them. And it wasn't a complaint. It was a criticism of the way it was handled. In my opinion, it could have been done better. And I said, clearly, you guys have thought this out. And this is something that you obviously wanted to do to create this, you know, this feeding frenzy of people going crazy to try to buy these boxes at, you know, they should have just done it at a separate event or they could have said, listen, tomorrow morning at eight o'clock in the morning. You know, this way you really are that into it. You got to wake up, bring your ticket tomorrow. That evening should have been about enjoying that evening. Uh, And I think a lot of people missed out uh, on that evening because they were too busy waiting in line at the privilege of buying these two cigars. And I know these guys, people are saying, oh, you could turn around and sell this, you know, oh, you know for $2,000. And I'm like, OK, so if you're there just for financial gain or like I don't understand. Like I don't know who's really doing oh. that, but I guess people are. But
0: it would have paid for their ticket, right? It would have for for up till Wednesday. If they'd flip it for two grand, twenty two yeah. hundred, it's paid for yeah. everything, I guess. You know. But like then you're not smoking it. And isn't that the whole point of all of this is to to celebrate Cuban cigars. Well, they, give you,
1: they give you two in your little box. You did get two of them. So you okay. got to smoke so that. Let's,
0: so I think it's, I, I agree. I, that would have been a huge, I, that would have stuck in my craw, as they say in the South. Yeah,
1: that really bothered me. And I'm yeah. like, I hope they don't do this on the night. That would just have been. But of course they couldn't have because they had the whole, you know, the auction. That's there. the, yeah. the, the yeah. main yeah, that's thing. The and, you bra. know, 2,000 people. Prices, I mean, there was, we'll,
0: we'll talk about that when we get to it. Because that prices people out anyway. And it always has. And that's never going to change. And I get that. It's a, it's a fundraiser for them. All right. So Wednesday night, uh, or is this Thursday? Wednesday
1: night? night is that. That's Wednesday night. So then okay, Thursday. So night, Thursday, yeah. Right. So then Thursday is uh, scheduled visits to the Habanos factories. So they had basically, they were bringing you to the new Partigas and the Corona. So you basically paid a reasonable $100 uh, to go there. And they did a tour. You know, you got to see the different floors, the different, you know, you visit the factory, sure. so that's what you did during the day. And of course, the trade show was on every day as well, so you could walk around there, look at the booths. Um, you know, there is a lot to do. And again, Thursday Thursday is a busy night because you know every every distributor is having some type of party and event. Uh, the Casa de Halbanos is to recognize their good customers had invites and they all did like the the the, the Partigas house had a, a thing at the Kapinski Hotel and the um the Mila Cohiba Casa de Habanos had a beautiful uh sit down dinner that was as good as in my opinion better than the the Habanos uh sponsored one because mm. it was a sit down and it was a show and yeah. there was just more of what I think it should have been like or the way it used to be Um, So there was a lot of these types of dinners that were happening on Thursday. And, you know, Cuba is still not there, but it's come a long way. Uh, They managed to keep the lights on for the most part. There were some outages, um, but, you know, they had extra boats in the harbor from Turkey producing (laughs) power and uh, everything else. Um, And the biggest problem to me as an American and even for non Americans, if you don't have a credit card there, you can go and change your money and you get the local peso because now they got away with the kook. And now the kook, it's is, won- gone. The, the kook <clears throat> is gone. The kook been is gone. gone. No more kook. And kook. Kook stands for convertible yeah, Cuban yeah, peso. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, for people that don't know, so now you have, and you literally have to carry around a backpack to carry all this money. So like <laughs> this much is like, 300 oh like, dollars you can't, you, you can't fit it in your pocket, you know? No. And and you can't spend it anywhere. Like they don't want it. So what you're supposed to do, and they don't there's no signs, there's nothing telling you that, is if you go to the airport, you're supposed to go in and change. They won't take US dollars for these. Uh they they have this credit card It's more of a debit card. And what you do is you take your. if you're coming from the US you're taking US dollars or converting it to euro and then with the euro you're buying uh, like a prepaid card of say $500 or whatever denomination you want and what they're doing with that is they're not giving you anything back so you you have to know what you're going to spend so you have $500 you don't you can't go back at the end of the trip and say oh can I have the rest of my money back no it's gone and it's only good for 30 days now the Cuban residents or people that travel regularly, if you go to the bank and do this, um, you can get and you can refill these cards. So, if and when I start doing, you know, authorized tours to Cuba, I'm going to do this. But when you go to the bank, it's not a turnaround. It's like three weeks later oh, they geez. give you your card with your with your you know your initial card. Re re uh, re upping it is much easier. So all the Cubans and and, and it was sad because. We were staying at, at the National Hotel, uh, and there's a nice uh, lounge upstairs on the, on the second floor. Um, and there, people were trying to use their cash. And what these people that worked there, the Cubans, would take your cash and then use their card to charge things, because you can't use pesos. It's the most ridiculous thing. You know, it's like the only place you can really use pesos is in some of the government shops. Uh, but none of the private casas, uh, particulars, you know, the restaurants, they don't want to take them. Uh, they want euros. You know, they'll take U.S. dollars, but they want euros. So, yeah, that's another real pain in the ass with uh, with Cuba right now. And it's hurting them. It's hurting the people. It's hurting uh, the government. I, I don't know what's going on with that. And hopefully that'll change. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of a, mm. a bad thing. Mm. Yeah. So the gala. We're, we're, we're on to Friday, right? So, Friday is the big gala night. And, um, you know, it's where you get all dressed up and they have, um, you know, it's tuxedo, but you can wear whatever you want. But most people come formal or, or semi formal. And that night was, um, they were commemorating the introduction of a, a real new regular production part that they're naming the Linea Maestra, which is the hat and the shirt that I'm wearing. Uh, part of the swag that they're giving you. And um, so anyway, you get, you know, your little box, your little coffin with the cigars and through every uh, dish, you know, after your soup, you're getting a cigar. After your salad, you're getting a cigar. And I have to say the thing that made me really, really disgusted in a lot of ways, and I've never seen this before, is that a lot of people, were grabbing. I've never seen this before. They have a tray with cigars and they go and they hand people one at a time. And I will only say that normally I'm disappointed that the it's usually the Americans that are acting like animals. It wasn't the Americans. And they literally had to have a security person with the women that were walking around the official hander outs of these cigars. <laughs> so they weren't grabbing at these at these cigars. It was crazy. It was insane. And again, uh, the president of uh, Cuba was there. So extra security. Uh, it was it was a crazy night. Now, I felt like total shit. So I didn't really enjoy my night uh, because usually I walk around and meet everybody. And it's generally a very much more relaxed evening um, through the dinner and the cigars yeah. that they're giving. But the big highlight and it's a beautiful show. They have singers. They do the awards center uh, ceremony. They hand out the, uh, you know, the Habanos man of the year in the different categories. Um, so it's usually, you know, a typical normal night. Um, the dancing and the, the show, very, very well done as usual. Um, and then after all said and done, the big highlight of the show is the grand auction um, where they auction off these special humidors that are made. They have them on display all night. You can go up and see them. But um, this year. Uh, let's just say that, um, well, it generated <laughs> normally they may generate the whole evening of all the humidors. They may generate a million, million and a half dollars, which sounds like a lot of money. And it normally is, uh, usually like the, the Cohiba humidor, which is the last one they usually auction off used to get 400 to $500,000 and you're going wow. this year, they brought in nearly 12 million dollars. Is actually eleven point eight nine million mm-hmm. USD that's, at that's the auction sense. in combined sales, which shattered every other record that they've ever had. Um, the last September one um, they did one, and that one was four point seven million dollars. That was in well, no, uh, the last um, Habanos festival was in twenty twenty, and that was four point seven million, and that was a big, was you know, a big, big night. number then. Yeah. 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 So and so now, now they've they tripled it tripled it, you know, and of course, the big special guest, because, you know, Fidel has not uh, or the previous Raúl had not gone to one of these Habanos festivals for many, many years. Uh, I think he might have made an appearance the first year. Um, but uh, Do you think they Begale, knew
0: that this was coming, that they knew who, they were going to make a ton like uh, Habanos to say, like the, the, the communist party. Do you think they knew they were going to make $12 million, they were going to shatter records. And so they were like, this would legitimize it even more. If you came <laughs> El Presidente, why don't you come make some appearances? I,
1: Actually, I don't think, I don't think the appearance. Well, no, I of, don't think that that, that, that
0: up the price, but I think it, it would legitimize it. It would be like, this is, this is something now we do every year for the, for the, and we don't do it just Look, for, for, for money. Obama we do it for the say, Cuban people.
1: They, they, and that's exactly what they say, you know, that these, uh, humidor auctions each year, um, they give the proceeds to the Cuban health system. So, you know, they're saying that, I mean, there's no way you can recoup your money. I don't know what these people are doing with this. And the majority of them, I would say, I don't, I don't remember. I didn't write down, um, everyone, but pretty much
0: kind of money.
1: I mean, that's fuck you money.
0: That is, that is legitimately, if you can afford $4 million for a humidor, I don't care how many cigars are in it. Like that's fuck you money. So I guess if I had that kind of fuck you money, sure. Just for the collection aspect of it, I would smoke all the cigars in it. And they're very nice humidors. Like Don, they're, they're always, beautiful. yeah, they're gorgeous. So I mean, I kind of get it. It's an auction. And and you look at it from the outside and you go, okay, so this is supposed to go to the Cuban healthcare system. Is it really? Probably not. Maybe it is. Maybe some part of it. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. This is my ultimate question about the whole thing because you're thirty, you're thirty five hundred bucks in, and that doesn't include airfare, and and uh, it doesn't include or or, uh,
1: or your food or your accommodations, right? So all of that is out of pocket.
0: And- so you're probably in, I, probably conservatively five grand. How many cigars? I don't the swag is whatever, but how many cigars did you get for your five grand?
1: Well, the gala night you got about six cigars on top of your coffin of two. So that's eight. Um, maybe nine. The other nights you got a few, you know, you got your little coffin box of what they were releasing, and then generally one or two others. So not too many. You're not so getting it from I Is it worth
0: it? I mean, that's the ultimate question. If we're an American.
1: Well, 2,000 people thought it was worth it because they paid the price to go to that gala. There was over 2,000 people at the gala. I know, dinner. but is it, I mean, it's, is, it is it worth it? it? Yeah. I, I, it depends on who you ask. I think there's people that would say yes. I'm asking you. Know, they you. really enjoy this.
0: I'm asking you. Is it worth it? Do you think it's worth it? Will you go again next year and spend, drop another five, five grand minimum? To
1: well, get? the the difference is, I'm there, wearing the journalist hat. I'm there as a person in the industry. Um, so for me, it's a, it's a business expense, um, and I do enjoy it. I'm not going to tell you I don't enjoy it. I do. This year, I had my issues with certain things that I mentioned, but other than that, I look forward to it because the people that go there. Same thing, you know. My friends from the UK, um, and it's not just at the events. We go out afterwards. We we have drinks afterwards. We have a great time, you know, with cigars, and it, it's a lovely time. So, uh, fond memories, you know. What, what what what? At the end of the day, it, you're paying for a memory. Um, yeah, you're paying for the, the prices experience. are going crazy. You're paying for the experience, and yeah. and and again, next year I guarantee you they're going to raise it even more. So oh, I'm sure. Will I'm they, sure they sell will. out? Yes, they will. So. Again, what I, the market I, I, will be. You know,
0: I have to look at it from a journalistic, and I use that term very loosely, uh, aspect. And and for you, it makes sense because you're in the industry and you know everybody in it. And like you cut your teeth on Cuban cigars, so to speak. Like that's where you learned yeah. everything, right? So you yeah. have friends you, and you've made friends all over the world. I, I don't have friends, Nick. Um, <laughs> So when I look at it, I mean, I could go and I could make friends. Right. And look, I would love nothing more than to harass. You would, James,
1: you would make you would uh, make friends from all over the world. It's it's a good feeling. You know, it's like literally I have friend. You name the country. And I know somebody that's generally a cigar smoker, but a friend from that country. Right. And we've had over the last 15 years, lots of memories with these people. And and I really do thoroughly enjoy it. Um I would love nothing more tag. than to
0: harass uh, Habano Essay and be like, come on the podcast. Like, l- give me somebody who can speak a little bit of English and let's like, let's get them on the podcast. Let's talk about stuff. It's not going to be an easy conversation, but it's a conversation that I think would enlighten a lot of people around the world as to what you guys are doing and what you guys are up to. I would well, love nothing, but and, and, and look, to be there in person. I could would have, you know, uh,
1: look, I could <laughs> have interviewed anybody there. They're all accessible. You can definitely interview whoever you want to interview. I find that they're worthless. Those interviews are worthless, in my opinion, because they are telling you what they're authorized to say, right. what the corporate, um, you know, whatever they're telling you comes from corporate. You know, so you're not getting the real story. No, it's all um, political. So what's the them. point? I yeah. I didn't interview anybody. I You know, like there's a lot of mainstream media. That's there, you know, the AP Press, you know, the Reuters, and then all the other um, agencies from all the different countries, and they interviewed all these people. And at the press conference, they asked all the, the correct questions, and they got their, you know, very cookie standardized cutter. Yeah, answers. Yeah, their
0: cookie-cutter you know, answers. I don't want so, that. That's not what know, I want. It's, it's not, to me, like, we've talked about it. Like, we talked about it, and you were like, you should go. And I, I get why I should go. I just don't know if I g-
1: it, it, it's a great it, experience. It is an experience, and you'll want to and you'll want to go every year. I mean, Jim Robinson, as you know, you know, uh, Island Jim, leaf by Oscar. In fact, Oscar Valaderris was there this year as well, and a lot of people go. Um, they don't go like Oscar didn't go to any of the official. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Jim didn't go to any official events. Oscar did, um, but he went there. He had five or six friends uh, that he went there with. And they did different things. They went fishing, you know, they went to Pinar, you know, they did their own thing and they had yeah. a great time um, and they smoked cigars. And, you know, there's something to be said. Uh and, you know, over the years I've introduced Jim to a lot of uh, good friends that have become good friends of his now. And it's like, these are very friendly, open people over this magical leaf. As I say, um, we all become, you know, yeah. Brothers, you know they're brothers of the leaf, as they say. You know, it's, well, that kind it's of a thing me, that happens.
0: It kind of brings me to to the next, probably the last thing we'll talk about uh, is, as far as Cuba is concerned, is is this is is Cuba ready to be opened up again? Is it ready for you? Are you comfortable enough with the level of where they're at to start doing tours again?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. Um, Wow. So that's a turnaround.
0: Well, 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 that's a big turnaround from where we were at uh, this time last year. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's not going to be the same. Uh, There's a lot of for me to in order for me to start doing tours there, cigar tours, um, there would have to be it's like starting from scratch. It took me years to get um, the contacts and the people and the itinerary in place because it's very difficult. So wipe it clean from scratch because here's one thing that we didn't mention on this show. Pretty much everybody, including people in the cigar world and outside the cigar world, the restaurants and the the tourist business, anybody that had any means to leave Cuba is gone. Yeah, they're gone. They're gone. So all these friends, Cuban friends that I made over the years, they're all gone. There was a few left. And we reminisced and we were like, man, we missed the good old days. And it was one of those, you know, <laughs> yeah. things like, you know, you feel like an old guy going, well, you know, I remember back in the day back and, and you know, what? And, and and it felt like that. It was like a very melancholy, sad, but you know, like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. But you know, all the people that I normally see from Cuba, they're all in the U S or Spain. Uh, so anybody that had anything. So the reason I bring it up is if I were to do tours again, I'd have to make new contacts, you know, and there's some I still have some there, of course, not everybody left, but um, they're very in dire need of money. The Mm -hmm. ones that are there couldn't leave. So they're more dire need than anybody else. Um, The biggest problem is keeping the lights on. Literally, you know, the power situation has gotten somewhat better, but still there's issues with power. I know people that stayed in Casa Particulares, and their power went out uh, at least once during the week. You know, when I was there in September at the national, they had a, you know, they have a backup uh, generator, but I had a friend that got stuck in the elevator for an hour. That's not something you want to do. Um, so yeah, the experience would not be the same. And, and, and my, you know, hesitation about doing tours is because I don't know if I could provide the same type of level of smoothness. I mean, why you would want to go on an official tour with somebody who's been there as often as I have and has normally the contacts and the people. Yeah, but if they're all gone, I'm starting from scratch in some way. So it's not going to be at the same level. Still, you'd do way better than going by yourself because I couldn't imagine trying to, you know, go through the forest. And now, um, you know, with the money situation, it would be, oh my God, if you went there and you you didn't know about the money situation, you didn't know about changing and, and how to get... And, of course, things are also, you know, not uh, pl- as plentiful. You know, yeah. the food is not as plentiful. Uh, the beer is a lot more than it was a year ago. A I year re- ago, I remember I like, you oh, saying
0: that you couldn't oh even find God.
1: beer. But no, you know, now the clubs are open. What I did notice, we went to a club one night and I felt like it was not that I've ever been to a Miami club with Cuban, you know, Miami Cubans but that's what it was. It looked like everybody was they had a certain <laughs> way they dress and it looked like everybody was from, you know, and I have to tell you, the prices was like Miami Cuba prices. Like, you know, um, normally I could tell you like a bottle service there was about, you know, normally $60 roughly uh, now it's 400, you know, which is kind of like us, maybe right. not Miami, Miami prices or, or New York prices, but that's uh, a pretty hefty uh, price tag. But, you know, the clubs, the clubs are going, uh, the restaurants are open. They're giving much smaller portions of food and there are less resources, but it's getting better and it's continuing to get better. And and uh, I'm I'm happy to see that, you know, for the people that have stayed there because they need to eat. So they need to see people visiting their country. Of course, Americans can't be tourists. They're there for a specific reason. People to people exchange or or whatever the the uh the box you're you're checking off but you know it's uh yeah, it's it's a tough place to go when you so don't maybe, know it's it's a it's a beautiful place to go too though i still yeah. highly recommend it um if you've never gone i still think you should um maybe you should within just the next start coming- doing like
0: small tours and start making that network again start building that network out from scratch and you start well, doing that's, that's
1: right now I'm trying to recover from this uh, cough <laughs> and uh, be a hundred percent. And then, you know, I, I'm, I, it's not like I have any shortage of people that want to go, Right. you know? Um, no, you don't. So yeah, I could do it again, uh, but again, I'd have to do a lot of recognition, you know, like uh, I'd have to really, really um, do a lot of work, a lot of work um, <laughs> to make sure that it's going to be as smooth as possible, because even with, Having everything set in place and people, it's always, you have to have a backup plan to a backup plan to do a proper tour there. And there are some good tour operators, um, that, that do a good job there. I, I think I did a, a good job. I mean, I had, uh, a lot of satisfied customers and, um, you know, predominantly I did cigar related stuff and I loved seeing people experience Cuba for the first time that were cigar lovers and being able to smoke you know, a cigar and the and the birthplace of cigars. And um there's just there's certain magic to it and to be in the fields and to to go to the shops and to uh you know the pricing would be different too because pricing has gone up tremendously. I mean the inflation there is is ridiculous. Um uh, yeah. so yeah, you know, like I on my tours, I, I gave a lot of Cuban cigars out, you know, so now Either I'd have to cut back on those or, or raise the price (laughs) considerably because prices have gone crazy, you know? Um, But it's still possible and there's people that want to do it. And and I, and I plan to do it because I enjoy it. It's a lot of work. It's it, but it is for me uh, another labor of love. I mean, I do this. I was just going to say that it it is. I mean, uh, I'm in this business because I choose to be, there's a lot easier ways to make a book. um, Believe me, but I thoroughly enjoy the industry. And then the people in it and not, I'm not just speaking for myself. I I have to say that anybody that's in this business is in it because they want to be in it because they enjoy, you know, cigars and, and the camaraderie and and the friendship and fellowship it brings. There's something to that. And, um, I enjoy that aspect enough where I put up with all the, the craziness, uh, that you have to, to continue doing it.
0: So let me just bullet point, uh, everything. Uh, five thousand dollars minimum this year if you wanted to go, and that's that's wow. all inclusive. Uh, if you were to go
1: to the events, yes. yeah,
0: yeah. If you uh, well, and if you're going to go, why would you not? I, I understand what Oscar did—hanging out with friends and fishing and no, whatnot.
1: No. Oscar went to the events. It was Jim. Oh, oh it was Jim. Yeah, so doing Jim, that yeah. kind of stuff, I, I get that. And years past, he went to the events, but you know, he enjoys eh, the, the people, and that's why yeah. he goes. You know, yeah, and a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, there's something to be said about
0: that. I, I think I would enjoy both, but I think honestly, just the people, I want to meet the people of Cuba, right? Because you have a yep. passion for them. Like, I get it. You have a passion for Cuban cigars, but you really you fell in love with that island, man. And, I did. and I it, did. It, 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 it comes through. And every time we talk about Cuba, it always comes through. And, and so I kind of, that's what I want to experience. I want to fall in love with the island. Like, I already love their cigars. Let me, like, I let me.
1: And there's enough things. I mean, there'll be a lot of frustrating things that you won't like about it. But at the end of the day, you go, well, you know, it's Cuba. That's a big thing. You know, a a funny phrase, um, you know, somebody told me, you know, and I told them what I would name the, the title of my book about Cuba. Another one that I thought was very funny is it's complicated. And that's a great title as well, because it's so funny. No matter what you ask for in Cuba, you go, hey, can I get a something? uh, It's it's complicated. It's complicated. (laughs) Everything in Cuba is complicated. Nothing is easy. But where there's a will, there's a way like anything else. Um, You know, money talks and people and they generally love Americans and they love People visiting their island, they, you know, the people, especially the people, that, even the people that have left, they didn't leave because they didn't love their country. Yeah. They'll be back as, you know, semi-residents. You know, they went to for survival, to be able to live, uh, to make money. And they'll go back because they love their country. Even the Cubans that were forced to leave or that left, you know, during the Castro era era. Um, You know, they still have fond memories. They won't go back a lot of them because, you know, the the Castros are still somewhat in power and because it's a socialist country. um, You know, but they still love their their country and the people that stayed, you know, they love their country, too. There's a lot. There's a lot of beauty there. Um, They have some beautiful things to see and and experience. Uh, But again, it's the people like anything else. And they're a very friendly people. And I think everybody should, you know, and hopefully it'll continue to to get better. That's my hope.
0: So five thousand dollars minimum, uh, but you go for the experience and the people. You don't go for the cigars because yeah. you're you're, wait, you're wait, getting wait. you're get, you're not getting
1: very many. Okay, I talked about the Habanos Festival. The second one I said though, that I love going to is was the uh, Partagas Festival. Partagus Festival. The Partagas Festival is more for laymen. In in the sense that most of the people that go to the, the Havana's Festival are people that are very, very well off consumers or people that are in the industry, predominantly people in the industry, whether they're retailers or whether they're distributors, uh, they're the ones that are going and, and paying this price tag for that. Privilege. So you
0: would, if somebody was going to choose between the two, let, let's say they're just a, they're an enthusiast, an aficionado, they love cigars, uh, you would you would point them towards a the Partagas
1: festival. Absolutely, the Partigas Festival used to be where a dinner in days of old that was a hundred was five hundred dollars for a dinner. The Partigas version was one hundred fifty. Now, the first Partigas Festival that I missed was the one in November. I chose not to go because I was just there in September and I was not particularly happy about you know the way (laughs) things were going, Uh, Uh, and I thought it was going to be I like to say a shit show. And people that went said you know. You know, the criticism was that you got less cigars. The food was a problem. Um, They had a power outage during one of the events where there was literally you couldn't even see, you know, to eat your food. You know, can you imagine that? Would you? You um, would
0: think they would have figured that out, right? Like, well, this
1: is <laughs> not an official. Like the Habanos Festival is an official government sanction. The one. The not? one. Well, it's not put on by Habanos. It's put on by the. The uh, They call it the Partagas House, and it's basically the people and the shop, the Partagas shop in Cuba. Huh. And they've been doing it. They call it the Amigos de Partigas Festival, and it's Friends of Partigas. and uh, it's a very more intimate setting. There's not 2,000 people. There's probably seven 800 that go to it. Um, they have like two or three official dinners uh, and a lot of cool events that they do there. And their prices have gone up as well. Yeah, <laughs> but, but they haven't gone you know, up
0: three times.
1: No. Yeah. no yeah, yeah, it has. It has gone up three
0: Spartacus times. has?
1: Yeah, it has. So like a dinner mm-hmm. there that used to be $150 now is uh, like $400. Maybe so, I yeah, should it's sell
0: all these Cubans and make a little bit of scratch. Jesus Christ.
1: Well, well a lot of people are doing that. A <laughs> I, lot of people right? are doing that. You know, it's you, you hear people talking there. It's like money in the bank. If you kept, you kept a box uh of any of these things well humidified and stored properly the value is only going to go up right I, you like
0: know? Uh, there's a buddy tim has a, a a friend a doctor friend who's like you know i i want a cuban sampler like 250 bucks well <clears throat> it's like two cigars at this point
1: yeah uh, you're people, gonna people that aren't aware they have no idea you know they no. think cuban cigars are still thirty dollars you know I'm like, oh, I don't know where you what rock you've been under, but <laughs> prices have changed, and availability is as you know, it, it, you can't get them. You know, even even at even in Cuba, when I said a oh, ball, I didn't tell you the price that used to be seventeen hundred. I didn't tell you about the increase. I started to talk about it, and we got sidetracked. The of six box that used to be seventeen hundred in September now is twenty four hundred for the Christ. same box, and you couldn't buy a box. You could That's- buy a stick or two. There were other cigars to buy. There were plenty of cigars. I was surprised the amount of cigars that were available for purchase at a much higher price, but they were available. Um, wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of that there. And it doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. But- no,
0: but the light at the end of the tunnel is this or or, or or the rainbow in the storm, a rainbow in the dark. If you're Ronnie James deal is is this, is that it? It it is getting better in Cuba. Yes. It is objectively getting better. Tours may start up again. You can't bring cigars By back. If other, I'm them. sure
1: there's other tour tour operators are already doing right. something. Uh
0: but but you're not yet. Uh not yet. And, and honestly, you can't bring any back. So no,
1: which is a, is a big deterrent. You know, it kind of is, I, isn't it? I, I can tell you that I talked to people that did come back. Um, and the people that flew through Miami, um, most of them got their their cigars taken. You know, now if you went through another city, a lot of them were able to get through um with their cigars. But you know, it's it's illegal. Yeah. It's illegal. So you basically, if you want to smoke cigars, you basically smoke you them while smoke you're them there, there and you're yeah. taking you're taking a chance, you know, like and, and they're not cheap. So you're gonna buy a $500 for a normal box of cigars and take a chance that it's going to get seized at the airport.
0: Uh, it's, you you know. know, it's like you said, right. It, it, there's nothing, there's no experience better than smoking a Cuban cigar on Cuban soil. Absolutely. Like if you're on the Island, that's what, that's what you should be doing. All Absolutely. right. So before we get in uh, to what the next show is, which by the way, Nick, that was awesome. Like I, I appreciate you going. Cause like this was, it's always great to to pick your brain and kind of see what's, going on in Cuba because you're the expert and I am not. I am the layman. Like Maybe I'll just go to the Partagas.
1: Partagas is a great time. Great time. Uh, But this cigar,
0: so I want to talk about this for just a second. This Nikos. Made for the American palate. It's definitely a little more full than especially uh, your Claro or your Colorado line. (coughs) Mm -hmm. But like that buttery note that is in both of those cigars. I don't get it much in the Maduro. Like it's there, but it's it's not as pre, it is very prevalent in the Nikos. Like that is the 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 undertone, the undercurrent of all the flavors that come with it. But it's definitely there's there's wood, baking spice, uh nuts, coffee, all of the things that Americans always taste in all their all, all the, the New World cigars, it's all there, but it's all kind of held up by that buttery note almost the whole way through the cigar.
1: And that to me is a lot of people, the Nikos came about because retailers and consumers are constantly selling, Nick, can't you make something stronger? Can't you make something stronger? And I'm always having these conversations or debates with people where, Yes, but there's a difference between stronger. And what is the definition of stronger? Um, I believe in very well fermented and smooth. You can still have a lot of body and fullness, but a lot of people equate that harshness, you know, which to me is a sign of an under fermented cigar. And that's what they like. And, And look, if that's what they like, and there's Plenty of manufacturers that are producing that, that's great. Go for it. I I just can't do it. I won't do it um, because I want people to enjoy what I think a cigar should be um, about, which is well-fermented tobacco that's rested well, well constructed. So with this Nikos, what I did is something a little different. I used two different types of Liero leaves. So I call it the Dueling Ligeros. You know, I have one from the Dominican, which I've never used a Dominican Ligeros leaf before, <clears throat> on top of a Brazilian. So you got the two together. And then I use the other tobaccos that I've gotten very accustomed and uh, gotten pretty good at blending with, you know, the Peruvian fillers that I use, the Nicaraguan fillers, and the Ecuadorian wrappers that I, that I love to work with. So I put it all together, and it's a, quite a different offering than anything else uh, I offered. I didn't call it a Nick something, I called it a Nikos because it's a derivative of the Nick line. You know, it's definitely different than a Nick Toro or a Nick and Jim. Um, but yet it's still smooth. It's still smooth, but has a bit more body and fullness to it.
0: It does. It is definitely. I don't want to call it full bodied. It's full flavored. I would say this
1: is <laughs> full flavored, yes. Yeah,
0: like medium bodied. It's not overpowering. It's not a pepper bomb. It's not a spice bomb, but there are elements of pepper and spice throughout. And, and uh, you know, I'll show the camera. This is rot right off the truck, folks. Like I got this today in the mail. And I told Nick, it's, it's kind of funny. I told Nick, I said, well, I don't normally smoke cigars. Rot. I'll just smoke a Cohiba. We're talking about Kiwi goes, no, no, no. Smoke it. He was right. Like th- sometimes when you smoke it, rot. Flavors can be a little muted. You know, it's been in the mail. It's been, you know, outside in the elements, whether it's dry or humid or whatever, and that can affect it. It's not overly cold. So, uh, you know, outside right now. So it's actually it's burning like a dream. I've had to touch it up a couple of times, but that's because the empty can rattles the most. And I like to hear the sound of my own voice. And so when I talk, it's usually for a couple of minutes and I may have to touch up a side. Uh that this is. And you can see the ash. It's not overly flaky at all it's compact like i i really like this cigar i'm not saying that just to blow smoke because i smoked two of the uh uh test blends that you had for it before before right, it released right. like the pre-release like hey check these out yeah. what do you think right 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 and this this is it like this is better than those two you nailed it and i like those two so congratulations go to your local retailer ask for lh nico's Uh, And the whole LH line, if you haven't tried the Claro, if you're into Cubans, like, look, this is the perfect time for you guys to go try LH cigars. I'm going to tell you why. Because a box of Cubans is prohibitively expensive for most of us. You want something that's Cubanesque. I have not had a more Cubanesque cigar than the LH Claro. It is Cuban through and through. Like, you can tell... That he blended it to Cuban taste, to old world taste, and it is—it's it, the most Cubanesque that I've ever had. And, and it's always funny to me how how a lot of manufacturers and Nick is not one of them will say, and they've said on, and I think we've had this conversation. They've said it on. If you go watch the hand rolled documentary, they'll say, "Ah, Cubans—they find their construction's terrible and the quality control's terrible and this and that and the other." But by the way, our cigars are Cubanesque. Like Cuban cigars aren't what they used to be, but mine's Cuban-esque. Like, wait, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Nick doesn't. Nick says, hey, Cuban cigars, when they're great, they are the greatest cigars on the planet. It's what
1: you're used to, James. Like, that's what I smoked initially. (laughs) My palate was very Cuban. So, of course, I blended with that in mind, you know. So
0: so this is a big departure for
1: you. Yeah, a bit. A bit, yeah.
0: And you nailed it. Like, I really like this. I'm glad I, I have a box because I, uh, yeah, these are always going to have to be in the humidor. So you're just going to, I'm just going to just keep buying them from you. Just keep me stocked in these and I'll be happy. Like, like it's really good. I, I, I would feel. Terrible doing a review on it because people would be like, "Ah, oh, he's your co-host. You're just give yeah, it a good review." Yeah, I, I
1: almost feel bad that you're talking about it on the show. I know, right? The going to be, right? yeah. be
0: like, "I oh, just kissed his ass." Like, right. I would tell Nick if it was a shit stick. I just wouldn't tell you guys that it was a shit stick. I'd be like, "Nick, that's terrible. It's oh, really good.
1: It's somebody really good. shit stick is somebody else's perfect. Never, stick. never that's, yuck that's, another
0: man's yum.
1: You know, yeah, it's true. I, I mean, I've, I've learned one thing. You know." I smoke a lot of different cigars constantly and I'm amazed uh, that I'm like, you know, it's not my preference, but it's somebody's. Yeah. So I don't care how bad or how shitty somebody says one cigar is. Somebody else will tell them it's the best cigar they've ever smoked. So that's why there's 5,000 different brands and blends. And, you know, that's what makes America what it is, you know, and the there's ability all to be able to buy whatever.
0: Under fermented tobacco, which you can totally tell right away because your tongue kind of gets this like film, like this numb tongue thing going on. And you're just like, what is that? Oh, it's ammonia. Cause it's completely, uh, uh, this isn't, this is, this is awesome. So congratulations, Nick. This is, this is really good. Go, Thank uh, you. Thank again, you. guys, go to your local retailer, ask for LH. Uh, and, and if they don't know where to find Nick, Nick at simply stogies or, uh, Nick at LH cigars. Yep. And, uh, I'll direct you. There you go. He'll, he'll get you sorted next time. This is the 99th show. Like wow. we, we haven't talked about this. Like we've been around now for, we celebrated, uh, four years in February. This is our, uh, uh, fourth year. And in that four years we have grown, uh, to heights that I would have never thought possible. And that's all due to you folks at home, which is why I'm looking directly at you and not at Nick. Uh, and so I, I want to say thank you first and foremost for uh, everything. You guys are awesome. Uh, and so next time it's our hundredth, hundredth show. Um, in the podcasting industry, uh, most shows don't make it past seven. So we're at a hundred. Uh, you know, we've added uh, Clear the Air, which Nick will be on next time uh, with myself and Tim. We'll be talking about Cuba again. Uh, and I'm sure Tim will have uh ton of great questions or at least semi-entertaining questions one of the two maybe both i don't know it's tim it it just it depends on what side of the bed he woke up on nick uh so so join us for that that's going to be a a week from today uh depending on where you're listening or when you're listening on uh, on the 8th of april so look forward to that but on the next show 100 show i'm very happy to have back on andy yaffe national sales director for mccallum cigars and uh, Andy's a good dude. I've known him for a few years. He just celebrated three years with McAuliffe cigars. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about his journey. We'll talk about what McAuliffe has going on because they've, they've made a, a couple of different changes. I know they're going to be at PCA again this year. So that's going to be fun. We'll be at PCA. Nick will be at PCA with me. Uh, we'll be talking to people and bringing you the latest and greatest uh, for that as well. So Again, guys, thank you for everything. Nick, thank you so much for uh, coming on uh, again and uh, talking Cuba. Uh, Next time, like I said, McAuliffe Cigars. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about the FDA and their, you know, keep factories clean uh, regulations they want to do. I don't know how they're going to do that outside the country, but it's the FDA. Who fucking knows? Uh, so, So until next time, that's Nick. I'm James. Stay smoky, friends.